jinkies. Oh, what's that gross book made out of skin? It's not a book. It's a tome made out of skin. Ew. What's it say? Behold the collected apocrypha of Stacy Ponder, the writer for Final Girl. And Anthony Hudson, the programmer for Queer Horror. And together they are... Oh my god! Don't read it out loud! Don't read it out loud! of Darkness! I found out something uh, very exciting this Re- week. Revelations. Kind of, yeah. Um... well you know what a big fan i think i've mentioned it you know what a big fan i am i should hope of um generic store brand versions of familiar things oh yeah oh yeah scented toilet paper all of it well like the names of them like for example my local grocery store uh (laughs) instead of life cereal the store brand is called Easy Living. <laughs> <laughs> I just love those. And so this week I found out that Aldi's, the supermarket chain, <laughs> their version of Oreos is called Cream Betweens. <laughs> And at first I thought, thought, oh, it turns out my dream job would be to think of those names. But on reconsideration, I think my dream job would be just sitting in the room while other people think of the names. While other people think of cream between. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Wait, what is... They hire you to sit in a room? <laughs> are you like, are you stenographing? I just, no, I just sit there and laugh. <laughs> I'd have so, the time of my life. You're like how they gauge it, maybe. Right. You're yes. the laughometer. Yeah. Because these like things this. keep me going. Cream Betweens has kept me going for days. <gasps> what demented homosexual <laughs> spoke, raised their hand in the ad room and said, Cream Betweens. And they were like, good, let's go with it. Start printing those boxes. Yeah, did not get fired. Yeah, I thought, honestly, I thought Easy Living was going to be the the best we'd ever have. So give me those cream betweens. That's what I say. (laughs) (laughs) Not the first time. It's not the first time I've said that. Won't be the last time. (laughs) Saturday night, you know what I mean? Time How long have we between. been in quarantine? Oh, just a couple of fucking years. <laughs> just almost half a year now. <laughs> yeah. So that was that's uh, that was literally the big development of my week. Wow. Well, I've been doing. Um, mm, yes, I'm excited for this. Um, you know, I hate having to be an honest human being. <laughs> I've been doing some soul searching, Stacy, hmm. and I feel I have not been compelled, nor is there a weapon pointed at me as I make this public statement. I feel that I have to publicly apologize to you um, for some slights that I have uh, caused slash brought about 
in the last many years of our friendship. <laughs> yeah, I, that you repeatedly. That I repeatedly brought up um, on this podcast, in your Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, on Final Girl. My ear holes. In your ear holes, on your computer when I turn on the camera at night. Um, <laughs> I... I, I what I'm saying is I've been watching a lot of found footage lately and like I mean I maybe it kind of got triggered with host I watched host and then I watched Ganjam Haunted Asylum and then I watched Heilerstadt Haunted Hospital and then I watched two little films called Unfriended Unfriended and Unfriended Dark Web <laughs> and in the past it could be argued that I made fun of these and you publicly for enjoying these films. And I said, these are bad movies. I've seen them. They're terrible. Stacey, I'm so sorry. You were right and I was wrong. (laughs) Honestly, that is cream between my ears. (laughs) That's your cream between. That's my cream betweens. (laughs) Wait, between your ears? (laughs) (laughs) In my brain! I've watched these, I sat down and watched them, and it turns out I had never seen them before. I don't know what I was hallucinating of having watched. I think I had seen Jason watching the first one years ago, and I remember the scene with her pooping herself, which anyone who has watched the movie will appreciate. And I just guess I assumed that I had seen all of the saga of both the films. And then I proceeded to slander you and the films. And I've got to say, now that I've seen Unfriended, I love them. Thank you. Thank you for being a big enough person to admit this, not only to me in private, but also to me in public. In public, in front of all of your stands. In front in of, front of t- tens of listeners. The collected residents of Dakota Stan. I have to... <laughs> correct this slide because i believe in accountability and like melania trump says be best (laughs) don't cry for me dakota stan (laughs) the truth is i love unfriended i love unfriended i had no idea and i have to say i don't actually get the excitement over host as much now that i have seen the unfriendeds yeah i mean host is on zoom i love the cast but but Unfriended did the did a very similar format. And I just love this desktop footage as a form of storytelling. I mean, let's remember, Lisa Kudrow did invent desktop found footage with web therapy. <laughs> um, but I love Unfriended. And now what I keep thinking of is in this time of upheaval, right? Uh, when I'm like, you know, I always wish like Anonymous would be cooler than they actually are. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, like, they're kind of gamer gaties every now and then. Why does anybody, if they're really these elite hackers, why does anybody still have student loan debt? Thank you. This is what I say. And so I have fallen in love with a cyber bully named Laura Burns, (laughs) who, when she is cyber bullied, she makes one of those Amanda Todd note card videos, but her note cards say, like, fuck all you haters. (laughs) She's so cool. I think, this is my thing. Laura Barnes, I know you're out there. I know you're listening because you are the hacker ghost queen of the internet. Laura Barnes could save us. Laura Barnes could delete student loan debt. Laura Barnes could um, save the post office and the election single-handedly. 
Yeah. She could do game night with all our shitty senators that aren't passing any coronavirus relief bills. We need her. I love Laura Barnes. She is an icon for all times, and now I'm obsessed with Unfriended. Anyway. <laughs> you were right! You win. <laughs> and I apologize. Well, my, my thing was, like, it just, it got blown off, it got blown off, it got blown off, and when it came out on home video the first time, I watched it just on a, hey, I love found footage, I'm gonna give this one a try. And I was like, what is everybody talking about? This movie is a really refreshing way to update the standard slasher formula. Yeah. Like, it, to me, it was the first movie that's really fucking done that since, I mean, maybe Scream, if you want to count that. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it yeah, it combines slasher and found footage. Yeah. Which I've been wanting to see. For, that's why I was so excited for the, like, I mean, so many fans were excited for the Friday the 13th found mm-hmm. footage uh, rumor. And that's why Host, like, yeah, it had some great scares, I guess. All that did to me was update the paranormal activity formula by literally taking the same scares we saw in paranormal activity and transposing them to a desktop. Yeah. I liked it, but but for people to denigrate the unfriended films and then jizz all over host i say oh, well, that's right. the thing and you can't i mean we can't like i've i've seen people saying host is like super cutting edge and all the i'm like it it just found a format to make zoom watchable um yeah. but i love the women in it but like otherwise like i mean in terms of storytelling and using found footage for storytelling like unfriended actually found a really great way of doing that with desktop stuff Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the Den did it before Unfriended, but the Den was much more cruel, and I, I wasn't as much of a fan of the Den. Um, I don't know. I believe that they were shitty asshole teenagers. I loved shitty asshole teenagers. Mm-hmm. The cast in the second one, the second one was also good. I wasn't as big of a fan of the hackers with cloaking technology or whatever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was weird. But um, I like the cast in the second one a lot. Though. The cast was great. I mean, well, and I mean, come on, you get uh, the lesbian couple portrayed by I can't remember her name from Get Out, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I can't remember her name from um, those two. Those two, <laughs> and some great moments. That blender yeah. in the first one, yeah. I don't know. I like both of them, but I want Laura Barnes to come back. And I want Laura Barnes to come back now. And I want her to save the American democracy. (laughs) We'll see. Yeah, you've been on a big found footage kick. I've been on a sort of medium found footage kick. I did watch Ganjam. Yeah, that's good. I like Ganjam. I like the cast a lot in that one. Yeah, no, sometimes, honestly, sometimes that's all I need in a found footage film. Yeah. It's just like people, like even that, that shitty one we watched, Dead Kids. No, Evil Things. Evil Things. Evil yeah. Things. I don't know why I think it's Dead Kids, not Dead Kids. Evil Things. Even in that, I loved, I just love watching people hang out. Yeah. The McPherson tape. I watched the McPherson tape. That's a, I gotta see, I wanna see that one. That's an antique found footage. That one's great. Yeah. And the remake, uh, Alien Abduction Incident at Lake County. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I mean, you and I are both just such fans of the genre. Yeah. Um, Which is why I was so excited for this week, because the film we're going to talk about today is a giant in the found footage genre, and Anthony had somehow never seen it. Yeah, somehow, as in I like retaining my sanity and sense of well-being. Thank you. (laughs) 
I was like, oh, and when we did our found footage episode, I was like, like it was on the list of ones to watch to talk about. Yeah. And you were like, no, I didn't get to it. I'm like, but it's the best one. <laughs> <laughs> so here we are, ten years later, finally going to talk about <laughs> Noroi the Curse. Oh. Or should I say? <laughs> <laughs> Man, if you haven't seen this movie, turn this off. It's on Shudder right now. Seriously, turn this the fuck off. Before uh, it was available on Shudder, it was pretty hard to find. Um, But now Shudder has it. Go! Watch it and then come back and listen to us talk about it if you really feel a desire to. But you should see this movie. For real. Uh, Much like me... Not understanding the magic of Laura Barnes. <laughs> Heed Stacy's call. Turn this off. Watch Naroy. Yeah. And then we talk about it. It is... Scary. This movie fucked me up. <laughs> Yay. This is two weeks in a... This is. I mean, I know we've been watching Asian horror, but like... This is two weeks in a row where I wake up to do the show and I am sleep deprived because I've been panicking all night <laughs> after both <laughs> left your pulse last week. And now Naroy fucking Naroy too. Naroy's a creeper. Mm-hmm. Like, like pulse, you know, pretty early on what's his name hangs himself. And then it just awful things are happening throughout the whole movie. Yeah. And, in, and in this, there's, like, things early on that happen, but it as it just keeps building on top of all these previous things. Yeah, that was what I, I remember giving you kind of that advice before you watched it, in that the first time you watch it, it, feel, it's, it's, it feels really disjointed because of the way it's telling the story. And so there's a lot of information thrown at you that seems to go nowhere, that doesn't seem related to anything else. And doesn't feel scared. Like, there's some, like, they'll have an interview with a woman and she'll say, like, oh, yeah, my neighbor was really weird, but then she moved away. And then at the bottom of the screen, it'll say, she died a week later. Yeah, they died five days later. (laughs) Yeah, and you're like, is this supposed to be scary? But then as all of this builds, like, this film is really intricately plotted. Yeah. Um, And it all manages to eventually come together in ways you wouldn't have expected and it's worth just going with the flow i mean when you get you get cuts of uh i mean you get like this sort of main story following one character for the most part but then you'll get these cuts going into like a variety show like just yeah fun japanese variety shows where people are like trying different foods and stuff mm-hmm. but then oh wait <laughs> <laughs> And then you start crying and screaming. <laughs> no, Kagutaba, no. <laughs> Why, Kagutaba? <laughs> yeah. If you're me. How, Man. so what, how will we set this up for viewer? I mean, it's, it's, it follows the story of Kobayashi, right? Who's uh, the, the reporter of the supernatural is how he's described, which I hope that's what his business card says. <laughs> yeah. Reporter yeah. of the supernatural. 
Yeah, at the beginning they say that uh, he disappeared after his house burned down. His wife's dead body was found in the burned down house, but Kobayashi has disappeared. This was right after he completed working on his latest documentary, which was called The Curse. Mm-hmm. And so then we watch The Curse, which comprises a lot of different footage. Um, him interviewing various people, he meets... Uh, a young actress, Marika Matsumoto. Who I love. Which, that's also her real name. She was playing herself. I was wondering if that, if they were, like, fucking with reality, and that's a real, that's that was actually her. Yeah. That's awesome. The, I guess she had been, she had done a lot of commercials and was on those kind of TV shows before this. Oh, this makes it scarier. I'm upset now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, only, real. <laughs> the only other thing I've ever seen her in is she was in Reincarnation, which was, um... One of those eight films. It was like the Asian entry of eight films to die for. Oh, okay. Back in, and it was it was pretty good. Well, you know? I love her in this. Yeah, um, she has some vague sort of uh, psychic is maybe not the right word. She kind of can see spirits and sense things. Um, and it's just God. It, it, that's the thing. The plotting is so is such a puzzle. Yeah. With this. That um, curse, they eventually begin to investigate this village that was destroyed when a dam was built. So the ruins of the village are underwater. Um, And they come to learn that a demon... Kagutaba. Kagutaba. That the village used to perform ceremonies to appease this demon, Kagutaba. But it seems that the woman who was portraying the demon got possessed by the demon. And when the village was destroyed, its residents dispersed and went to live elsewhere. And so she's out there. Right? Which means Kagutaba's out there. She's out there hanging out with her son, question mark. (laughs) Going from apartment building to apartment building, fighting with neighbors and... Being weird. Being weird, and oh, there's dead pigeons surrounding her house, wherever she lives. Yeah. And so just weird things happen to everybody we meet. Scary shit happens, people die. And so when you see, like, she died five days later, you're like, oh no, that's so scary. But as this story comes together, and you realize that there's this demon out there, and you start to see patterns... Etc. Etc. Yeah, that woman dying five days later is actually really scary. (laughs) No, I was thinking about that. Like when I first saw that subtitle that said they died five days later, because it was so early on, I just started laughing because it felt really funny. Like Mm -hmm. it reminded me of um, it reminded me of this Wolf Gore show video back on old YouTube days. Uh, I think it was called Baby Bullet, and they took a Magic Bullet commercial but redid it as uh, your your eating babies in this magic bullet basic anyway like the subtitles would be like they died a week after filming this infomercial and that's that's how i thought watching this like i was just cracking up because it reminded me of this other video yeah but then as the as we get more and more of these little stories that begin to overlap as these different characters from like like marika from the variety show or uh uh, kanayano child psychic trademark like as <laughs> as they just begin overlapping and you yeah. start to see these similarities coming through and these different totally disparate account- accounts and events from people yeah the, the creeping dread that builds into you 
mm-hmm. as you experience it is really uh, felt <laughs> and unsettling. Yeah. And, you know, that's a, that's one of the things I really love about this movie is that it is so complex. And it's got... The story of the film has a, an expansive mythology that you don't often get in found footage movies. And it, um, it spans time. Mm-hmm. A good amount of time. Yeah, decades. Um, and like all good found footage movies, shit comes to a head. A screamy, running head as we've come to expect from these movies and when it finally when it really starts to pull out all the stops it is fucked uh i was screaming maddie was covering his (laughs) eyes we were freaking out yeah yeah like i don't even want to tell people and like watching a clip on youtube of like what happens is is like if you want to do that go ahead but i just really suggest watching this movie letting this movie happen honestly like i don't even i'm scared to talk about it <laughs> last, so last night why am i whisper so last <laughs> so last night maddie was like maddie was like like he was like, I'm gonna look up Kagutaba because we kept screaming no Kagutaba all night. Anytime anything would happen, <laughs> like I would turn off a light and then we would scream no Kagutaba. But so Maddie's like, I'm gonna look up Kagutaba, and and I was like, oh, do it. And then I said, no, wait, don't. You might invite him in. And I was like, <laughs> I was I wasn't joking. I'm, but I'm not a crazy person that gets scared over stuff like this or like Ouija boards or things. But some it's so unsettling. Yeah. And then Maddie, like, immediately put down his phone. He's like, I'm not looking it up. (laughs) (laughs) Because this film shows us what happens if you invite him in. Yeah. And it doesn't, because it doesn't unfurl in the typical way. It's like so many other movies are like, if they wanted to tell a movie about someone being possessed by a demon, that would just be on the page from, like, the very beginning of the film. Do you know what I mean? It'd be like, we're going to make a documentary about this possessed person. Yes. You know? Whereas this movie, you really have no idea where it's going. It feels disjointed. How is this all going to tie together? And it's just, it's brilliant. I think mm-hmm. this movie is really brilliant. It's very well done. And yeah, like, like we're, we're presented at first with Kobayashi and, and videos of his different cases. Because mm-hmm. he's all he's been investigating paranormal mysteries since 1995. <laughs> And, and this is what this is like mid 2000s like i think the yeah 2005 the climax is yeah 2005 april 2005 and um so you see some stuff across his career you see those variety shows you meet these different characters i was i was actually kind of impressed as i was watching it because i started thinking about that thing i don't like that happens in like novels or in tv shows or movies where people kind of like i feel like some filmmakers or or storytellers kind of tends to shoot themselves in the foot in the way or like they paint themselves in a corner and they make the world feel too small Mm. like like um like i'm thinking like 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 the first thing i think of when i talk about that is like sharp objects like i was really let down by the ending because the killer is a very present character in this in the main character's life Mm. and i'm like it just makes the the it when you've gone and seen this whole town and then wait the killer is just somebody she's related to like it right. feels it just feels smaller hmm. 
Hmm. Versus, like, if you were to tell a story that spans this whole town and maybe the killer is someone you don't even know, like, that's kind of more unsettling to me. But with Mm -hmm. this, even though you get all these different characters, you get Kaneyano, the child psychic, you get Hori, the other psychic, who's like, where's the tinfoil? And, and is... Okay, is it just me or would he be played by Forrest Whitaker in an American remake? <laughs> yeah, maybe. I can poor see Hori. it. I, poor Hori. Hori. I can see it. But like, um, you get all... And Marika, the, the actor, and you get all these different characters. And I was like, oh, it's going to feel... It's going to feel um, too small or like too uh curled in on itself or something if they all overlap but then they do begin to overlap but it just makes the world feel so much more expansive somehow Hmm. like it just makes it feel more real or lived in or something i don't know what i don't know how they did it i was really interested in yeah how they have all these different threads and they do cross over but it just made it made it feel that much more legit in a way somehow yeah Hmm. anyway huh and then, uh, so the we see the entirety of Kobayashi's curse documentary, and then they remind us about what they told us at the very beginning of the film, which was that after he completed that, his house burned down, his wife was found dead, and he disappeared. And then a camera with a videotape inside mm. shows up at a production office, and we watch that video, and we see what happened inside his house Mm. so we know kind of what at least happened to his house and his wife and then the movie literally just ends it's like he's still missing the end (laughs) so i kind of appreciated that it didn't have like a dumb horror movie jump scare ending and it didn't also it also ended in a but it had like thematically a dumb horror movie jump scare ending in that it's not over you know what i mean but yeah because it just ends there it's like that's the end of his story but the story isn't over no because then well that's the thing that happens in so much uh i feel like particularly in j-horror is this sense of the inevitable doom right Right. Um, and that it's it can be randomized and it's going to keep rippling out. Like with Ring, it's it Samara's video is gonna get out to everyone and pulse, you know, your it's a ghost apocalypse. Mm-hmm. And in this it's like, okay, so just by watching this video, did that expose me to Kagutaba? <laughs> right. Like if if Kanoyano, when they show her this little girl who's in this psychic experiment and and they, they have all these little kids on this variety show um, having to draw things inside, can- draw um, little symbols that are drawn on canisters that are hidden to them. And she guesses the first one right. And then she guesses, because she actually is psychic. She draws out everything in the canisters. But the first one that she draws ends up being like more or less, a, like maybe accidentally, a symbol that was associated with the demon Kagutaba. Mm-hmm. And so as I read it, that opened like kind of a portal to him. Well, yeah, that was the first image she drew. The images were all like circles or a triangle or a letter or something like that. She drew that one. The circles was first. Yeah. And that was the symbol that was at the shrine yes. where we find out Kagutaba was. Then she draws everything correctly until she gets to the last image <laughs> where she gets it wrong. But she has drawn Kagutaba. So yeah, I think that 
checks out that somehow between drawing that first image, by the time she got to the end of that experiment, she had been exposed to it. Yeah, yeah, just from drawing that first one. Which yeah. maybe somebody picked just like at random, and it also happened to be the Karutaba image. Right. And then those ripple effects. So that 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 sense of this like just acknowledging it or being exposed or any coming in, or like the grudge is walking in that house mm-hmm. like it's gonna come back to you. Mm-hmm. So and knowing that there are some characters that are still out there after Kobayashi's story is finished. Right. Um there's massive ramifications for what yep. what what this could do. Um Right. And that's unsettling. And that second, that like, you know, that stereotypical horror movie uh, surprise jump scare ending that you were talking about. I personally thought the movie could have, I thought it did end when the credits first started rolling, right? Yeah. And it could have ended there and still have been fucking unsettling as all hell. Mm -hmm. And then they said, oh, wait, we got another tape. Yeah. That just showed up in the mail with, I think, any package that I've... Well, actually, with the post office the way it is, this is every package nowadays. But any package that shows up battered and has no return address... Yeah. I just can't open soon enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah especially if it's seeds. I just, you know... <laughs> oh, yeah, your weird seeds that you got? The weird, the weird seeds. And I just plant them and eat them, you know? <laughs> Yeah, but this one, it is like, that's the thing is, I remember seeing The Ring the first time. Yeah, I saw the remake first, but, you know, it still affected audiences incredibly yeah. and spawned the remake boom. Yeah. Um, that was the feeling that everybody had when that was over. Like, I saw it at the theater, and after it was over, everybody was like, so is my phone gonna ring? Because, like, we watched the tape. You know, like, there's that there's that kind of feeling. And this one gives you that feeling in a more subtle way. Like, you were just talking about, like, have I been exposed to this? Yeah, don't Google Kokotaba. It makes you think you may have been exposed to it without coming out and saying it, you know. This movie gets under your skin. I hate Kokotaba. I can't say that. I retract my statement. <laughs> careful annabelle oh my god (laughs) she yeah she's like right now she's on her road trip she's in her she's in her um little convertible and she her x-men convertible yeah her x-men convertible driving out to the mall with kagutaba who she just picked up on the side of the road (laughs) samara yeah and samara and they're coming the after the mall is gaylord's manor (laughs) they're coming for us I hate this movie. <laughs> it's, it's really disturbing. It's so unsettling. And it's like, I don't want to give away, like, what one of the big set pieces is, or, like, even the set piece of the mythology and why certain things happen and all that, but it's fucked up, The man. set piece that they cut to in Night Vision? Yeah. The one that had me screaming at the top of my lungs and Maddie, yeah. like, crawled backwards off the couch? <laughs> yeah. So about that sequence, without giving it away, 
I love how withholding we're being on this episode, by the way. It's not like us, but I just want... This is not a movie that gets talked about enough, I think. And, like, everybody talks about found footage. Oh, Blair Witch, this, that, the paranormal activity. But it's like, this one should be mentioned when you are talking about found footage. Absolutely. I feel like such a a cuck that I have not not seen it. (laughs) And And even just horror... Even just horror in general. And if you're like one of those like, oh, I can't watch found footage. It makes me sick. Or like, this is not really like that. There's enough like TV footage and yeah. things like that. Yeah, it's, it's somebody making a documentary. It's more like 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 Mungo or like like those the thoughtful ones that, that gather multiple sources. Yes. And it's not just a teenager, you know, at somebody's birthday party running around with a movie camera for the whole movie after that. Right. It's, which I, granted, I will also be front row in the theater for that. Absolutely. (laughs) I love found footage. Um, But, oh, yeah, I I just, it's so funny that this is so unlike us. But also we know that our listeners will not hit pause and will still listen to us. So you you need to be traumatized like we were is what we're we're getting at. (laughs) But that that set piece, because there is something that happens in this film. There is a, a shot that, like I said, had me screaming. Um, and there's, there's like some details that we kind of get about this background of the, cause that, that ties into the character of Junko who came from the village, who was possessed by Kagutaba and the ritual. And we get some background about her working at this clinic. And when, when they started talking about that clinic, I was like, oh no, is this going to actually be like some really gross, like anti-woman moralizing tale or like metaphor? Mm. with with you know some of the themes of that yeah and so i i was so concerned and then somehow they take this thing which is very politicized mm-hmm. they take this very 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 innately politicized topic and somehow none of that none of the politicization comes through it just is purely unsettling what they decide to do mm-hmm I was so I was impressed by that. I was impressed by Oh my god, they're like crawling all over her. Honestly, there's probably (laughs) There's probably honestly though a huge contingent of Republicans that think this kind of thing actually happens. Oh, this is they're like This is this is the planned parenthood nightmare. QAnon will take that clip and they'll be like, We found Pizzagate. Here is Planned Parenthood. We told you. Here is footage. Yeah. But I feel like they didn't do that, right? Like it Right. It, yeah. I began to think, oh no, they're going to creep into this territory and this is going to be one of those weird movies that's actually like and that's why abortion is evil. Right. Um, there's a yeah. few horror movies that do that. And this 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 is it just it just uses little bits and pieces of everyday culture to throw you into a pit of hell and terror. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It uses pigeons in remarkable ways. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's a. It uses a uh, rope knot. Oh! When has a rope knot ever been terrifying? Before you saw Naroy. I mean, talk about paranormal activity. Uh, when Marika, the actress, went to that shrine, and she, she, you know, mm-hmm. they take her on the variety show mm-hmm. to the shrine. And she suddenly has, like, this psychic encounter. Um, After that, she invites Kobayashi, the psychic investigator, to the stars, back to her house. (laughs) Because she's like, oh, I wanted you to see something. 
um, there's these weird like knots in my yarn. Yeah, she, and I did it. She's doing macrame in her sleep. She's, <laughs> yeah, so he sets up a camera and he's like, I'm going to film you while you sleep. And it's like, you get that full night vision, waking up, standing out of your bed, but she's not awake. It's sleep while, it's exa- like paranormal activity took that from this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that sequence because it's like, you've seen these knots before in rope. You have no idea what they mean. Um, and then they set up the camera to watch her sleep. She gets up. She's clearly still asleep. She knocks over a lamp and then takes it out onto her patio and we can't see what she's doing. I And you see a there's an emphasis on the cord to the lamp. I thought she was going to hang herself. Yeah. Yeah. And then she comes back in empty handed and goes back to bed. And then he goes to see her. And you go out onto the balcony, and she has tied the cords into the same knots that you see in the rope. So good. And then you, and then he's like, oh, I'm going to go to this village. I'm going to go to Nagano, and I'm going to find Junko because she moved there. <sighs> and then what's hanging all over her house except macrame knots <laughs> yeah. everywhere? Macabre this movie. Macrame. Macabre. Me. <laughs> this <laughs> movie will have you looking at macrame at a very different lens. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, it's fucked. It really is. There's so many good boys in this movie. There's a lot of really cute dogs. Mm hmm. Until there's not. Mm hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, a lot of good pigeons until there's not. A lot of good pigeons until there's not. I love this movie. I love it. I love it. I hate Kagutaba. Oh, I can't say that. Stop saying you. You know. What? I don't even want to say his name. I'm gonna be. Why? I'll be doing this show solo next week. <laughs> yeah, I'll, like I'll log in and I'll just have my eye holes. Uh. Uh. <laughs> so upset. It's real upsetting. It's so upsetting. And the the fact that, that like, while there is a really solid narrative that is laid out, and it's, it, like you said, it is super intricate. Like, this is a red string one mm-hmm. after watching it. Yeah. Where you begin, to, you begin to be like, oh, wait, so maybe she found out about the child psychic from the news broadcast. And, like, you begin to put things together. Mm-hmm. And... But at the same time, you get so you get these really solid threads to follow by things that characters say and by by things that you just put together. But then there's so many remaining mysteries too that continue to make it unsettling. Yes, like um, like how is this curse exactly transmitted? Right, and like 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 not to give away too much, but like Marika, the actress, while she's having that kind of night vision what am i doing in my sleep moment with kobayashi and he's filming her um they hear banging throughout the video <sighs> and then that day when they're watching the video they still hear the banging and it's coming from upstairs so they go upstairs and they talk to um, midori who's this really really cute actress who also lives in the works for the same agency as marika and they're talking to her and she's like oh no i didn't hear any banging and i i haven't been making any noise and then that's all. And then all of a sudden we find out that she died after that. Mm-hmm. Like she just went down into a park and killed herself with like seven other strangers. <sighs> and, but it's like, okay, so she was just, was it just because they said hi to her? Right. Well, that's what Monica felt was like, oh, this is my fault. I went and talked to her. 
Yeah. But then, like, but then Marika, who... I have to give away some... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have to give away at least something. (laughs) Because this is something I also loved about the movie. Marika, like, she goes off, and, I mean, she... She's, in many ways, she's kind of how one of the many ways that this sort of begins or really comes to the forefront of Kobayashi's consciousness, this curse and this character of Ko- of Kagutaba. And she goes to that shrine, she has a psychic encounter, she begins to do the knots, she meets the psychic hori, all this stuff, you know. And um, she goes and she performs the ritual in a boat. Oh, like, she performs the ritual that they did to to kind of um, quell or pacify the demon that they used to do in this town that's been flooded. And she goes into a boat and goes directly over where the shrine used to be or where the town was, and she performs the ritual in the, in the boat. And after that, she's fine. Until she begins to get possessed again. But then after that, she's honestly kind of fine for the rest of the movie, and her character, we never find out what happens. Right. Found out what happened to Is her. Is she fine? Is she fine? I, Stacy, like to imagine that that sweet, precious angel yeah. is a okay, <laughs> yeah. and because she performed the ritual, and like anybody else in the film, she is okay. Right. But you would think for sure she would be fucked. But then, why was her roommate who lived above her, who just opened her door and said hi to her, why did she die? Mm-hmm. And so the fact that you can't trace, there's no, like, one-to-one way to compare or trace uh, the curse. It's like coronavirus. We just don't know yet. Yeah. Especially when you consider that the banging that they heard in the apartment sounded just like the drums from the ceremony that we do. Oh! The sound in this movie. Yeah. The sounds that they record that they might find, like, almost like an EVP Mm -hmm. sampled in videos. The sounds of the the babies. This movie is a Willy's inducer. It is. It is a Willy's inducer. Full on Willy's. And, oh, I hate it. It's a butt clencher. (laughs) Yeah. I'm so glad you liked it. I loved it. I'm so happy you recommended this. I love found footage. This is a great found footage. Um, It does exactly what I think Paranormal Activity tried to do with all those sequels where it's like, you know, they talk about that demon Toby or whatever. Toby. Yeah, and it's like, his name's Toby? Call me when his name is Kagutaba. Right. (laughs) Because that, like, that actually bored into my heart, bore into my heart. Mm Mm-hmm. Versus, I'm like, Toby, and he has chicken feet. <laughs> like, <laughs> and he does tea parties. He sounds cool. <laughs> like, Kagutaba? Yeah. No. I like that fucking... this one has the the sequence where they have to, to find out about, like, because they keep hearing a word, Kagutaba, and they don't know what it is or what it means. Yeah. And so they have to go investigating. And I love, you know, so much of J-horror is built around solving the mystery. And mm-hmm. I just always love... The characters that are like the expert on this, you know, random oh, thing. Oh, sweet old man. Yeah. So. And he's like, oh, I, I think I read that in a book here. Look at this scroll. Yeah. So I just, I always love like the investigation scenes, you know. Yeah. But then, he seemed to be fine. He's fine, right? He's still alive. Right. As far as we know. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> I hate it. Um, 
on the found footage note too uh this film well i don't know because my apple tv has been acting up so maybe it was just my apple tv is really terrible but the the video quality in the film is pretty low it's like 240 yeah it's like lo-fi um but i really feel like it works for this Right? Yeah, I did have that thought. I was like, oh, I always forget how cruddy the quality is of this, but I would kind of hate to see it all cleaned up. Like, it just, yeah, it fits because it's all videotapes. It's all DV for Yeah, footage, you it's know? old. Like, and it's, I mean, well, it's not old, but in terms of the development of, like, digital technology going online, mm-hmm. it's pretty old. Yeah. And it feels, like... Yeah, there were, there were, I think the only time it really was an issue was every now and then, like, the English subtitles over the Japanese subtitles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, with the, like, kind of, like, the movie has, like, a, it's always buffering quality about, the, of the image, and so that was kind of challenging, every, like, maybe once or twice, but only for a moment. I just had to squint a little bit harder to pay attention. To yeah, pay attention. well, they've, sometimes they've got the white subtitles on the white subtitles, and it's, yeah. it can be hard to read. Yeah, um... But that also just skeezed me out all the more because then it felt like I was watching some video on MySpace that I shouldn't be watching. Mm-hmm. Like, and that low, I, I intentionally wrote a note where I was like, this is one time where super lo-fi video quality really works aesthetically. Yes. For telling this story. Yeah, and it doesn't feel fake like you can tell nowadays where they just take the, you know, iMovie film filter. Yeah. Like in the Texas Chainsaw remake or something. They just add scratches over it. It's like, doesn't it feel like you're in the 70s now? (laughs) (laughs) But this one, it actually does feel like, I don't know about you, but I have seen videos. I have a videotape. It's not horror. I'm not going to go into what's on this tape but it's a dub of a dub of a dub of a you know like the hundredth generation of this videotape that was dubbed on vcrs kind of thing and the footage is almost unwatchable it's so distorted Mm -hmm. and that's what this does that's what this movie also has that feeling you know yeah yeah and then when you get those moments where like maybe there's some footage underneath the footage Mm -hmm. or there's something that's been spliced in maybe by a demon yeah it just feels that much more like authentic mm-hmm. and and that uh, it's important to note that that it's not just the aesthetic authenticity that comes through with that kind of uh, video de- depiction um, choice but but also the acting is really solid mm-hmm. uh, I never felt like like you when you watch found footage, especially American found footage, I just watched Phoenix Forgotten, which I actually really liked and was kind of structured in a similar style of like, here's a documentary and here's some different bits of footage that we found and now we're going to weave it together to tell one story. Um, I That one's about the Phoenix Lights. I actually really liked it, even though the ending just kind of fell off. But um, uh, even in that, you still, there's some really great actors, but then you still get some actors, in, particularly in like the found, discovered footage tapes that are supposed to be extra scary. You get actors reacting kind of like, oh my God, what is that? You know? And it just doesn't feel like they're actually in terror in the moment. Right. As much as they're they're acting because they think they're supposed to act scared for a camera. Mm-hmm. And this, like, it just feels uncanny. Yeah. 
on a movie. I feel so blessed these last couple of weeks with these movies. It, they're so good. It's good, scary stuff. I can't do any more. <laughs> too scary for me. I don't even know what I'm. I, this is a high that I'm constantly craving. You know, sometimes like yeah, I want to watch the movie that's gonna make me think about something or something that's just fun. But sometimes you just want a beefy, scary movie. And the more horror you watch when you've been watching horror movies your entire life, they get so hard to find. I feel like I've, like, you know, like, I feel like this way with video games, and that's part of why I'm waiting for PlayStation 5 so adamantly, is I'm like, I just feel like I've played everything at this point. Yeah. At least that I'm interested in. And, like, with, like, this is, now that I've on this found footage resurgence, which, I've granted, I've been on since Blair Witch came out, I'm like, what's left? What do I have left? Yeah. I can't watch this again. Because I'll poop myself. (laughs) What's next? I mean, I, you know, J-Horror does it for me. Even the ones that aren't great necessarily. Because like anything else, they, you know, they have their imitators. You have your groundbreakers and your imitators. And it's like, okay, I've seen this kind of thing a million times. But I always love them. You know, I always find something scary in them. Give me the slip mouth woman, you know? Oh. Give me all this. The Reincarnation, the movie that I mentioned earlier, is pretty good. Like, I'm hmm. just, you know. Well, and I think you brought this up on the last episode when we were talking about Pulse, but also that in J-horror, and, well, I guess just in a lot of just Asian horror in general, the characters are so much more willing to just accept what's happening as it, it is happening. Right. Because there's a there's like maybe a difference in cultural acceptance of like ghost stories or or just in the genre it's just the characters just immediately commit. Yeah, the, the I mean the way they uh, you know and when I say J horror I do mean Asian horror you know what I mean like yeah. I just I just use J horror I guess but you know obviously the, you don't see letters I, I just don't see countries. <laughs> <laughs> but like Thai horror, there's great Thai horror movies. There um, is uh, South Korea. South um, Korean is fucking killer. Yeah, they're you know they're from all over. I just tend to use J horror, but I should probably say Asian horror, I suppose. Yeah. Um, where was I going? Oh, but just like the the way they uh, tend to in the Eastern cultures, like the way they feel about the dead. And their dead relatives and honoring the dead or not honoring the dead or what can happen when you don't do it the right way, et cetera, et cetera. Whereas over here, it's like someone dies, they have a funeral, we're sad, bye-bye. Like that's yeah. the end of it. Whereas it's like there's a kind of a reverence and a fear and a respect and everything. Like it's so built into the entirety of the culture that it just yes. makes for more fascinating horror movies. Yes. Yeah, that that there is a there's just an acceptance and an immediate willingness to go there. Yeah. Um which I like I I wonder how many people how many Americans got completely bewildered when they watched Marie Kondo and Netflix and then they got her book and then they're like, what do I do with this chapter on what to do with my Shinto shrine objects? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. How to properly dispose of them or return them to the shrine. Like, that, it's just going to go right over a viewer's head. They don't know what the hell that is. But, like, it's so ingrained in culture there. Yeah. Well, Americans it, don't. It's like what we were talking about with Pulse last week. Is like, 
Americans don't acknowledge death. Like, I think it's built into who Americans are, which is basically somehow we probably believe that we can overcome it. Or it's like, I'm American. Death isn't going to affect me. Yeah. Yeah, well, and that's why the remake of Pulse, which I did watch after we did Pulse, they find a fucking flash drive with the retrovirus to upload to the cloud to fight the... And it's because it's, of course, Americans have to stop it. Yeah, America has a hero complex, um, you know, we're the saviors in all of the world wars, right? Quote, unquote, saviors in all of the world wars. Team America. And it has destroyed this country because Americans don't want to maybe have higher taxes that will pay for health care for everybody. But Americans feel real good about donating to a GoFundMe for somebody. Like, it's that hero complex of, like, how is this going to shine a light on me? When I donate to disaster relief, it makes me look good and feel good because I'm an American hero. But don't fucking raise my taxes so that the child next door is guaranteed to be able to eat dinner tonight. Because that's not a flashy hero kind of thing. That's just higher taxes. Yeah, that doesn't center me in the narrative, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So it's the it's you know reflected in our horror movies in the American Pulse. Yeah, they have to fix it somehow. Whereas in the original, it's like this is the way the world is now. I guess we'll just try to find a place to still exist. Mm-hmm. You know. So I don't know. To me, it's like it just makes for richer, more fascinating horror movies. Yeah, it's so good. It's so oh, it's so upsetting. Yeah. (laughs) Also, honestly, that set piece that we keep dancing around, they would never do that in an American film. Oh, God, no, 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 no. There's no no way you could ever pull that off. And if they did, it would have been so grossly repellent. Yeah. But the way that they did this, I'm genius. That, if no, if for no other reason, listeners, if we, if just our talking around this and our excitement over this and our willies over this, hasn't got you like this shot alone will will break you and yeah. you will find yourself <laughs> yeah. coming back to it when you think of horror movie moments that have broken you when you think of the voice on the tape in session nine yeah or or that shot that scene in lake mungo like this is one of those moments mm-hmm. and it will worm its way into your into i was gonna say your brain but into your butthole and <laughs> it's you know what I think those kind of moments are called cream betweens. And those are the cream betweens. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so good. I love Neroy. Everyone watch it. Yeah. I don't know what we're going to do next week, but because I've been riding high these last two weeks. We just have to kill ourselves. Oh. oh. <laughs> well, I see you get Kagutaba after you. You just drag me down with you. All right. I know. I've been making my macrame. I have a really nice balcony that I've been looking at. Oh, my God. Well, between Kagutaba and Annabelle, we're fucked, so. Sorry, I was busy being traumatized. What's happening? <laughs> um, Stacy. <laughs> huh? Now that the sweet, sweet smell of fear is is uh, steaming off of these cream betweens, <laughs> are you ready to place your head on the chopping block? <laughs> <laughs> ah, why not?
I know. Well, okay. Maybe this is someone's first episode. Hello. Welcome to the chopping block. <laughs> welcome. Sit down. Enjoy a beverage. Yeah. Uh, I hope you brought your garbage bag covering like you're at a Gallagher show because things could get messy. Our heads could fly. They could roll. Yeah. So, um, because this is a quiz show. <laughs> Every queer horror podcast worth its salt has a game show sequence (laughs) uh there is a person asking the questions there's a person answering the questions the person answering the questions has three categories to choose from they choose a category there's five questions you have 10 seconds to answer a question if time runs out or your answer is wrong you get your head cut off by the heads they who is our non-binary executioner Because we're evolved. That's right, because we are woke. So, there you go. Um, The heads they has severed our heads every single time. Except once. Except once. We did both win a few episodes ago. That was incredible. That we both won for the first time on the same episode. Yeah, yeah. That was, I mean, that was a, a... eclipse moment like there was some star stel- extraterrestrial some magic happening in that moment absolutely absolutely and we'll see if it ever happens again we'll see never if it happens again. this never time never again no yeah, you know what i think you're gonna get all five this week i just have a feeling you say that and then i die always no, on the first question no no this week you got it i think really yeah i don't know i don't i don't know if mine are too hard this week or too easy you say that every week. I do, but I I don't. It's so anyway, everyone. It's it's all the chopping block is really fun. It's almost as unsettling as um watching Roy because I'm just in that 10 seconds, you at home might immediately know the answer, but when when we have the heads they footsteps coming at us. Yeah. And we just know that blade, we can feel the hairs on our neck just anticipating that blade. It's nerve-wracking. It's a very nerve-wracking game. So let's play it. Who went who who went first last time? You went first last time. I believe it is my turn. Oh, well Stacy, place your head down on the block and you have 3 categories to choose from. First category is whatever you do, don't stop filming. That's right. It's all about found footage. <gasps> Uh, next question category question ca- question category is <laughs> sorry I got possessed. What's my number? Now for the what's my number category, you have to guess the sequel number. Oh fuck you! For each franchise entry described, oh, and that brother. does include remakes. So for example, you'd have not guess like Halloween Resurrection. You'd guess eight. Um, what? With only 10 seconds going, this is for the extreme diehard chopping block oh enthusiast. Oh my gosh. Stacey, you have another option just in case. Yeah. And that is scrapped sequels. Ooh. So, whatever you do, don't stop filming. What's my number? Or scrapped sequels. Oh no, those all sound really hard. You know it what? Is- I'm going to challenge myself. Numbers 
numbers. I want to do the number one. I'm going to, this is, here we go. Ten You're going to number 23 it? You're going to, it'll be your turn 10 seconds from now. But uh, I have to try because who doesn't love a challenge? Oh my God. <laughs> this sounds so, this is going to be so difficult. Okay, that's fine. Whatever. What's the worst that can happen? My head gets cut off. Okay. Yeah, and then you're dead forever. Right. <laughs> fine. And then I think I'm fine, but then I come home and I'm covered in pigeons and dead dogs. So <laughs> let's see here. Okay. okay. So keep in mind, this is the franchise as a whole. So it does include remakes and reboots and their sequels. So like, for example, would Rob Zombie's Halloween yes. have to be... Halloween 10 or whatever? Is that what yes. you're saying? Yes. Oh, this is... All right, whatever. If you want to not play fair, okay. <laughs> what? You chose the category. All right. <laughs> all right, are you ready? No, but sure. All right, what's my number? Jesus Question Christ. one. All right. Leatherface's skin disease is revealed in which... Texas Chainsaw Massacre entry. Five. Ding, 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 ding. Good job! You did it! Good job! (laughs) All right. I just blew my cream between. Okay. Oh, we need a PA to come yeah, in and clean need that a, up. We need a mop. They might slip. We don't have workman's comp. Workday's comp. Can we get a um, mop to the betweens, please? <laughs> <laughs> That's disgusting. <laughs> this gets me excited. I'm all hot and sweaty now. I got a job at Gaylord's Manor. They make me mop the betweens. <laughs> Question two. Are you ready? I'm hot and sweaty. Are you ready? Okay. Question two. This nightmare marks the first time Heather Langenkamp herself faced off with Freddy Krueger. Herself? Oh, oh, okay. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Ding, 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 ding. Ah! Good job. This is a stressful category. This is too stressful. Because you have to count while the heads they is, while you're hearing each individual footstep. This is taking years off my life, so thank you. <laughs> That's why I did this one. Yeah, thank you. Okay. All right. Question three. I'm going to cry. Which Scream sequel opens with trouble in paradise for the relationship between Dewey Riley and Gail Weathers? Four. I don't know my screams! Leave me alone, Hensley! Three. I don't know. Who cares? Don't tell me. I don't want to know. Fuck you. Fuck Scream. I hate Scream. Goodbye. I'm rolling away. <laughs> that severed head doth protest too much. That severed head is a bitch. That ever severed head has a lot to say as she makes the sound of her own head rolling. There was one I was really excited for you to get to because I think it might be hard. I feel like because you don't know Scream, I feel like we need to just give you a bonus question. <laughs> you just want, me- you're just proud of your question. 
That's okay. I'll roll. Hold on. When they reverse the footage, and then your head flies back onto your head, your body. While making this, also making the rewind sound. Oh my god. Okay, Stacy. This is unprecedented in the chopping block. It is. I have, we have hermetically resealed your head. Because the judges have decided that the scream question was rude. I have on my Tupperware choker. <laughs> okay. <laughs> question redo, question number four. Jamie Lee Curtis's Lori Strode finds herself battling Michael Myers for the fifth time, or the second time, depending on your outlook, in which entry to Halloween? Okay, H four O one two three four five six H two O resurrection. Am I forgetting one? No, that's not enough of them. Nine, eight, eight, eight. It's eight. No. Two. No. Um, Her head's just laying there and she's still guessing. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, two? (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad we did a makeup because I just wanted to hear this monologue. Wait, okay. I feel feel like it's H40, but... It is, it is. It is okay. So because one, two, that three, four, was the five, fifth, that was the fifth time we saw Jamie Lee as Laurie Strode, but it was only the second time according to that timeline, right? That she so fought Michael. Six is the one that I don't like, but there are some people who are like, "No, the producer's cut is great." I'm like, "Okay, sure." Yeah, did you uh, watch it? Seven is H two O. Uh huh. Eight is Resurrection. Uh huh. A, na- a fresh fennel. Oh, that's a nine on my hands. That I'm looking at. Why did mm-hmm. I say eight? Because you're forgetting something. I'm forgetting something. You're forgetting. Oh, am I forgetting Rob Zombie? You're forgetting the example you asked at the beginning of this. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Those feel different. It's oh. rude. It's rude, isn't it? That's very rude. The oh. correct answer was, believe it or not, eleven. It would have been. I was right according to my rules. If I had not expressly stated that it included remakes, reboots, and their sequels, which you then brought this as a direct example, then yes, we were. I just refuse to acknowledge them even when I know I should. (laughs) Can I, can you blame me? No. I can't blame you. I'm still alive. I refuse. You know what? I refuse to accept it. I refuse to accept this. Hey, just be glad I didn't factor in Freddy versus Jason into the Elm Street or the the Friday side. How magnanimous. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm now I'm mad at my categories cuz they're too easy. That was hard. This is the hardest one I've ever come up with. The yeah. other ones were pretty Whew. easy. Oh, um oh. I'm but like I, a fright. Listen, I just wanted to get your blood pumping because I thought I thought you're gonna have to count and you're gonna have to know that the time's ticking at the same time. You know time. I'm a girl. How can you ask me to do math? <laughs> 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 I 
I would like to issue another public apology. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, but now, now I have to place my head and tables are turned. I might cut it off just for fun. (laughs) <laughs> you just, I get it right and Wait, you go, ah. Excuse me, heads they <laughs> This is a job for me <laughs> Oh wow, this is unprecedented The heads they is handing over the axe to Stacey <laughs> The Labrys, we should say Yes, it's my Labrys, thank you Alright, these are easy, but whatever <clears throat> Your <laughs> categories are Name that tagline Which now that I think about it, is that the right name for the category? I give you the tagline, you name oh. the movie. So technically you're naming the movie. Oh, okay. Okay, great. So, but whatever. I call it name that tagline, all right? Uh, next category. That one scene in, which <gasps> now, after today's episode, this category should probably be called The Cream Betweens. <laughs> Where I briefly describe a scene, like the iconic scene of a movie, you name the movie. Oh, the trauma scene. Yeah. And the last category is the something of someone. (laughs) (laughs) It's about English composition. It's every answer. You provide the movie title and every title is in that format. The something of someone. Like... For example, this is not one of the answers. Like, The Possession of Joel Delaney. Is that a movie? Yeah. They're all starring Shirley MacLaine and Perry King. What? Uh, They're all in that format. The something of someone. Okay. There's a lot of those. Sure are. Those are your categories. I suggest you pick one. (laughs) Because well, that's the way the game's played. We can't stop the episode until I do. <laughs> that's right. Um, what the fuck? God, this is really hard because I, I mean, I feel like I'm really drawn to the cream betweens, but I love the title challenge too. Name that tagline. Oh. That one scene in the something of someone. <laughs> also, the, <laughs> that one scene in and the something of someone. You know what? <clears throat> I'm going to go with the something of someone. Oh, bold. I want, I, I really feel the call of cream betweens, but I think something of someone is drawing me now. Let's do okay. that. Let's do that. I think you're going to get them. The answers will all be in the format of the something of someone. Question one. <laughs> Faye Goddamn Dunaway is a fashion photographer plagued with visions of a serial killer's handiwork in this <gasps> 1978 film penned by John Carpenter. Oh, God, oh. Oh, oh, the, the, um, Lorna Van, no, 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 what's her fucking name? God, she, uh, uh, yo, uh, 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 um. you ask now i don't know yeah god damn it (laughs) (laughs) what is it the eyes of laura laura mars god damn it (laughs) (laughs) 
felt good. <laughs> Did it feel good though, or is it just more insulting that I put you through a a heart palpitation gauntlet? Meanwhile, you made like fifteen new questions only for me to not get the first. <laughs> yep. Once again, <laughs> I struggled coming up with fun categories and fifteen questions. <laughs> Only for the game to last 10 seconds. <laughs> I love the chopping block. I, really I love the chopping block. <laughs> the Eyes of Laura Mars. I fucking knew that. Yeah, that's a great movie. Do you know, my brain just kept saying the disappearance of Lorna Vey. And I'm like, that's not, that is nothing. I don't think that's anything. That is no one. Yeah. I know exactly. It's I knew it was the lies of Mars. I love that category too. That's good. All That's good. good. Movies. All good. There's movies so many. That. There's so many. The haunting well, of Sharon Tate. <laughs> oh God! I love the chopping block. Love it. Love the chopping block. Always a good time. We'll get to that category again one of these years. <laughs> Well, I try to come up with new, you know. I can't believe I failed so bad. Yeah. Oh. But that's this game. You never know. You were like doing heart surgery trying to count the number of <laughs> Halloween movies. <laughs> I can't remember a fake Dunaway movie. Yeah, I know. Well. <laughs> well. So ends another edition of Le Chopping Block, as our French friends call it. Yeah, it's very, very established <laughs> in France. <laughs> what if we have any French listeners? We've got lots of Swedish friends. We do have lots of Swedish friends. We've had some Australians. Uh, Malaysia. I love our Australian friends. Yeah, Malaysia. So cool. Um, From all over. Tell us where you're from if you feel like it. Yeah, yeah, like and and if you are in France and you can think of a way to monetize and franchise the chopping block over there, le chopping block, and you le. know, um, are you Adele Nell? Do you listen to this show? <laughs> you should tell us. She stops and looks at her Alexa as she hears that. <laughs> oh yeah, I I do want to. Give a shout out to our listeners because we have some great lists. Why did I say some? All our listeners are wonderful. <laughs> um, <have> select <laughs> listeners. Yeah, that just came out. I didn't mean it. Um, but our listeners, there are a f- some of them who have found ways via our website. We have not advertised this. Occasionally, people will ask and we will provide the answer, but we have never. I don't think we've ever publicly stated that this is a thing that you yeah, can actually and, do. And I'm not saying it now as a way of telling you to use it. I'm just mentioning. Okay, This is no backdoor pilot for this. Yeah. By because who listens to our show on our website, which is gaylordsofdarkness.com? Probably not that many of you. You listen on your, your iPods. Your, your iPod pads, shuffle. Your watch. Your Zune. Your I sh- your smart home. Your jitterbug for our older <laughs> listeners. <laughs> um, but on our website, there is a little link you can click to give us a tip. 
Um, and people have done that. And there are some of you out there, hopefully you're listening, that actually subscribe to our show with money that we don't need. Um, I mean, we appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we're not, like, we don't have a Patreon. We don't ask for anything for, like, this is totally a free show. We've um, never monetized this in any form. Yeah. Um, so for people to pay for a subscription is amazing. And thank you. And helps pay for keeping the lights on at Staley Gaylord's Banner. Literally, literally, um, it's so cool. And the fact that y'all just found that on your own and decided to have like much like Sally Struthers to <laughs> to just send a little bit of cash every month. Um, yeah. we, honestly, like we just get emails that tell us like we forget we even have that as a thing. Yeah. And then we'll get emails that tell us that that's happening. And it is so it does not go unnoticed. And we are so grateful yeah. Um, for your support. And that is just wild and really, really kind. Yeah. Or the random tip or whatever. Like, you know, like yeah. that's just really, it's really, really nice. And it's very, very appreciated. So. Yeah. Thank you to those of you who have done that in the past. You're great. You're the best listeners. I'm really? just kidding. Well, you know what? I'm just Well, kidding. they're slightly up a, a they, higher I mean, tier. <laughs> I would save them first in a fire. There we go. I'll just say that much, okay? Yeah. Maybe um, they shouldn't watch Neroy. Yeah. <laughs> in case they get exposed <laughs> to the curse. Yeah, just in case. Um, yeah, but that's our website, gaylordsofdarkness.com. If that's how you choose to listen to the show, uh, we're on Instagram at Gaylords of Darkness. We're on Facebook at Gaylords of Darkness. And we're on Twitter at Gaylords of D. Oh, yeah. Which stands for the cream between. <laughs> <laughs> Turn it off. Wow, for a haunted tome made out of skin, it's so loosely structured, yet informative. I know, right? Uh, Is it over? It's glowing and spinning on its own, so I'm gonna guess yes. Ah, Oh oh my my god! God. Oh Oh my my god! God. Tune in next time for more Gaylord!